Hello, hello, and welcome to Women's Wisdom Wednesdays, where we come together every Wednesday to empower women just like you, foster connections, and thrive on our journey of surviving womanhood. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. Her name is Katherine Armstrong, and she has an incredible story to share. But before we introduce her, let's take a moment to address our audience. We want to remind you to visit our website at www.survivingwomanhood.com where you can find valuable resources, connect with other women, and stay updated on our upcoming episodes, webinars, and all of the other things we offer at Surviving Womanhood. We encourage you to actively participate by asking questions and adding comments below. If you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. And we want you to know this is a safe space for sharing where we can learn and grow together. We'd also like you to share your favorite episodes you never know who out there might need to hear our inspiring stories from our guests. Now, let's meet Catherine. Catherine is a wonderful friend of mine. We've been friends for years, and I love her dearly. She's an holistic coach, taking a whole life approach to well-being, considering physical as well as mental and emotional aspects of well-being. She's also a Reiki master, sound healer, laughter yoga practitioner and healer and teacher. And she and her husband, Steve, have two beautiful daughters and two beautiful grandsons. Catherine has lived in multiple countries over the years, and she's here to tell her story, which is a testament to strength and perseverance. She'll be discussing her personal journey and experience, having been a less able traveler as a woman living with multiple sclerosis or MS. So Catherine, is there anything else you'd like to fill in or have I covered it pretty well? Thank you, covered that perfectly. Thank you. So Catherine, we're privileged to have you here today. And Catherine is joining us from Brunei. So we are truly a global family. We're sure your journey is going to serve to inspire many women out there. So here's our first question. Can you share some of the challenges you've encountered during your life's journey and how you've managed as a less able traveler to find the strength to endure through health concerns and challenges to finally come to a place of fulfillment and acceptance? It's, it's very strange because when I started this journey with MS, I was 41 year old and um, <clears throat> didn't need any aids, didn't need any medication and just 
went along with my dad, traveling, going to different places, going on holiday, like everyone else does, packing their belongings in their suitcase, looking at different flights. Oh, that one's great. I'll go on that one to the, these places. Perfect. And then about four years ago, no, three, about three years ago, I had hip surgery twice in the in one year on the same side. And because MS is a very can be very different, very different people. It any sort of stress stressful situation can push you into a different dimension. And so I ended up having to use a wheelchair and a walker, which then makes traveling very difficult um, because the planning to get to one place to another is not like packing your things in your suitcase and leaving the door with just your clothes. You know, I have to think about walkers, I have to think about wheelchairs, I have to contact the airlines, I have to contact the airports, and so, so it goes on. So the list is very long, from being an able traveller to a less able traveller. So Catherine, how much time would you say because I know how much time it takes for me to get ready. And it seems it seems like so much time and effort to get to the airport, get through security, you know, get to the gate. And I know how long it takes me. That That's all very um, stressful for, for me to get through. And I'm wondering... How much time does that add to your travel? Well, first, firstly, it adds time to my travel, which also adds time to somebody else's travel. So I have to travel with somebody. I can't just travel on my own. Um, and then I have to have my my clothes, I have to have my wheelchair, I have to have my walkers. And then also, I have to remember wherever I'm going, they may not have any aids in that country. So I have to travel with other things as well. So, so how do you, I'm sorry. Sorry. So how do you, how do you manage... How, how do you manage to, do you have to carry things in your lap, on your wheelchair? And I know, Steve, your husband travels with you quite often. Does Now, does he have to, to manage all of those, um, like your carry-ons and all of that? So, he he packs I one wheelchair and two walkers. 
So one walker is compact enough that it'll go into a backpack. And the other one goes in the travel in the travel bag with the wheelchair. Now, there was a, a point where I didn't really need to travel with the wheelchair and I would just travel with the walker. But can't do that for the for the moment. It's just impossible. So we have to think about what we need on our journey to get from A to B. And when we get there, what else do we need? So, so, for, so for example, in the depending which airport it is, it depends whether they've got male and female um, bathrooms. If they've got one disabled bathroom that can be used for male and female, that's okay. If if it hasn't, then I have to figure out a way how I'm going to get into the female toilets on my own. Which sounds... So it sounds ridiculous, I know, but it, it really isn't. It doesn't sound ridiculous at all, and I think this is really important for for our audience to hear and to understand because when... Um, when I, again, when I'm traveling, I know there's a, a queue, you know, when you just first come off the aircraft, often there's a queue at the bathroom and, you know, um, just getting out of the plane, first of all, is, can be a chore, you know, because the way that they cram people in these days and, and I kind of want to back up a little bit and, and ask you about while you're on the plane, because from Brunei to the UK, that's a long flight. So for you to go back home, there's there's got to be some challenges that you encounter whilst flying. And if you can share with people out there any helpful tips that might make it easier for them. So the best the best tip I can give is make sure you contact whoever you're traveling with, whether it's a travel company, whether it's an airline, whether you're going on a bus somewhere, whether you're going on a train somewhere. This is not just airlines. This is just in general. Contact the company before you go so you're aware of what the implications are. Secondly, the biggest challenge is if you're with, like I'm with Steve, and so we're a female and a male, if there's a, a toilet that's only female and only male. Now in these, um, in these Muslim countries, and this country is Muslim, um, and then the likes of the UAE and the Middle East there, the toilets now in in the Middle East are a little bit different now and they, they are male and female. You can't go in there. But generally, in general terms, the disabled toilets are in whatever gender 
So if it's so if you a female tablet and you're less stable, then they generally the disabled toilet is in the female toilets. And if you if you have a walker, that's absolutely fine. If you're in a wheelchair, it's a real challenge. And also the other thing is the doors open sometimes out over. So then if you're in a wheelchair, then you you're holding the wheelchair to try and pull the door towards you to get yourself into the room. So these are the types of things that you need that people need to understand when they're a, a less able traveller. You know, even if you're using a, a walking stick. And the the other thing I always think that if somebody's using a walking stick and they're very slow, the best thing you can do is get assistance. It saves you time, it saves saves you stress of trying. Like you just said, getting off the aeroplane in a crush, if we're talking about aeroplanes, in a crush to try and get to the bathroom. You know, if if you would slowly walk it to get somewhere, it's the best thing you can do and it's free. It's free happier. How do you go about getting that assistance, Catherine? What what would you what, would you do what, ahead of time? What you do sometimes some of the airlines have a little tick tick box. Like for instance, KLM, if you're booking on on their website, if you have a little tick box at the bottom, you don't necessarily see it to be honest. But for that airline you can WhatsApp them and tell them and they'll They'll do the whatever travel you've got. Some of the other airlines, I'll have to tell you about this because we're traveling totally different airlines this time. So this is, we're traveling with Emirates, we're traveling with Brunei Air, which Brunei Air with airlines is, I have to uh, get, get in touch with them in advance. You have to use a different code for a different soy. So when you start off with your travel, you always have a code. You know, you always have a reference. Some of the airlines, the reference number doesn't transfer to each airline. So you have to be aware that the reference number you're using won't necessarily be for each airline. That's a really good. That's a really good tip. So you so, need to contact both airlines if you're if yeah. you're traveling on two. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you if you're using the same airline, that's absolutely fine. You're using the same reference number, that's okay. If you if you use it if you go on the same route, but you're using a different airline for part of the route, then they'll have a separate uh, reference number for their part of the the journey okay that is a good tip because most people wouldn't wouldn't even realize that that we you know that that would switch and that's very good and i think i think it's because when you book for when you book um your flight you're booking 
uh, on like a whole journey, you know, from A to B. So then you think the the reference number is going to be the same for everyone, but it isn't. And also, you need to contact each airline separately for your assistance. Great tip. Great tip. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much. Bianca? Yeah, Catherine, I'd like to ask you, I've got a few questions. My first one is, when you, you, you've obviously had these symptoms now for a short period of time, but what were the symptoms that you had when you were diagnosed, when you were still... So, I, so when I was when I was 41 I got diagnosed with MS Hmm. I didn't really have that many symptoms to be honest and I can't I can't remember I used to get like dizzy like dizzy spells bit a bit like lightheaded but not really that much I was I was fit I was a um I was a mom um but because my mother had MS that then decided to test me then now this is very interesting for people who don't know about autoimmune diseases generally they're not are not hereditary well MS isn't hereditary but it's very it's very Easy to say, maybe my mum had MS, I have MS, and my oldest daughter has MS. So how do they say it's not hereditary? Well, it's, it just seems very, um, very interesting that we, we all have, we all have different symptoms and we all have different, like I have relax, relapsing and remitting. So mine could go dormant for years and years and I not have any symptoms. And that was how it was in the beginning. I had one or two symptoms. That was it. Didn't have anything else. Um, and then it's it was only um, about, about, eight, about six years ago. I got optic neuritis and I didn't know I didn't know what that was. But I play, I used to play golf. I used to play with pink balls and I said to I said to Steve, is is my ball white there? And he was like, No. You play you play with pink balls all the time. I said, Well, I can see white. But I didn't realise when you when people wink, they wink with only the same eye. So you close the close your eye, and that eye, you know, you would sit, visually see that eye, yeah. and the vision out of that eye, and it would be generally perfect. But then I was like closing the other eye. I was like, "This is very strange." So one eye was colour, and the other one was black and white. Mm, that's that would be very um, disorienting. Yeah. Yeah. So you do, you intimately get symptoms and then they seem to go away and then they come back. I think this is a good, it's a good thing to remind people because 
most people who think of multiple sclerosis just think it's, uh, you know, like your legs don't work. You know, they don't understand that there's a whole plethora of other uh, See, things that can occur. My my symptoms were minimal. Minimal. I I used to take vitamin D, uh, B12 always. I take vitamin D, um, a strong vitamin D tablet. And I, that's all I used to take. Was take vitamin. That MS, or was that just a supplement? No, no. I, I did some research about it. And there is certain foods that, that are not really compatible to autoimmune diseases. But that's just general. That's just a general thing for people. Some people get, you know, have an adverse effect to get certain foods. So I started off just taking vitamin B12 in a dropper, like a liquid. And then I started taking vitamin D, like a like a larger tablet, like 10,000. Now, generally in the Middle East, you can get that. No problem. Anywhere else you can really get the quantity that you, you, you need. Like, for instance, in the UK, I think they do about 4,000. Wow. And so then you've obviously then started doing a lot of research since your diagnosis. How have you personally sort of gone through this process of um, your body's obviously changing and your ability is changing how do you navigate that what challenges have you faced and how have you sort of what strategies and practices other than the supplements have you put into place i think i think for me be learning how to do things holistically has helped me a lot like reiki meditation sound has been really important laughter yoga actually was was one of the things I thought, this is, this will never really work. But actually, laughter yoga, if you just laugh, even a minute a day can change the way you, your mind is set. And I did, I've, I've done that for quite some time. But in general, I just started to research different people, like there's a lady called Dr. Wall, and she has a pro her book is called Dr. Wall's Protocol, and she had MS. She's a doctor, and she was uh, in a wheelchair, physically in in a wheelchair. She was she didn't use her legs very much. And she changed her food intake totally and cut out certain things in her diet. And she's now practicing properly and walking. Wow. So, yeah. So there's, so it depends, depends on your mindset. Like I've started recently looking at, um, Joe Desenza. And um, he he broke his back, and he healed himself by literally doing meditation, or being in the present moment, not thinking about 
things that's happened in the past, things that are going to happen in the future, just meditation in the, in the present moment. So I'm willing to try anything, to be honest. And I, I'm, I'm really, I, I really don't mind whether I try it and it doesn't work and I'll try something else. But having had um, my mother who had progressive MS to the point where she was not able to even look after herself, like for me, I can still make something to eat, I can make a drink. She she was, um, she ended up being cared for by my father. So at this point in time, I'm fairly grateful I'm still in this position where I can still look after myself to some point, some degree. Your laughter yoga is helping you all the way. It's a real inspiration to hear those kind that, that you're using those kinds of modalities for people. And I'm sure if someone's listening, um, they might they will will put your details uh, onto their Facebook so they can reach you and ask you any more questions. If anyone has any questions for Catherine, please put them um, on our channels and we can um, get in touch with Catherine and we will get those responses to you. If there was a woman in the same situation as you or a similar path, Catherine, what advice would you give to somebody who is starting out on this journey? I would say be kind to yourself because it's it's not it's not your fault that you you've ended up with this disease, you know. It's it's just sometimes it's it's just the way it is. But I, I think to have try and have a positive approach to something so dismal is can lift you up really, you know. Um, you know, if there's lots of people in the same situation where they have some sort of disease and then they, they don't know where to go. But I think looking at other people and in being inspired by other people that not necessarily have MS, but have got through their own adversity to get to where they are, you know, is really important. Thank you. That's fantastic. Um, Catherine, I just want to add a couple of things here. In the UAE, Catherine was known as the laughter lady. And, <laughs> and, and a few years before we all left there, uh, they had started a happiness ministry in the UAE, which was fantastic. And uh, Catherine, <clears throat> excuse me, who had taught me laughter yoga, so I got to go out and spread it. And then um, another dear, dear friend of ours, Nasser El-Riyami, who is Emirati, who also learned laughter yoga and became a laughter yoga instructor as well, the uh, happiness ministry has been using him for the past several years to come and provide laughter yoga sessions for uh, 
a number of different government institutions and so I'm so happy about that so I just yes and um when I was there I had gone to a few schools as well to provide laughter yoga sessions for assemblies of schools so Catherine's legacy is as the laughter lady is still going strong so that's that is something you will always have I just have to make a point to you that the, the girl who I did my uh, teacher training with, the the laughter yoga, she um, is, da- uh, yeah, she's Danish, and she was a, a laughter yoga teacher for a long, she's a laughter yoga teacher for a long, long time. And she has MS, but she manages hers with laughter yoga every day. That's every wonderful. day, every day she she manages hers with um, laughter yoga every day. So here's a thing that I want to share with people, and Catherine, you can say where they can find you. Catherine, for for a number of years, every day would do a one minute laughter on Instagram and Facebook, and they're still there. And I would once we all moved away from one another, I would be um, see her come up on my Facebook feed and there she would be with her beautiful face laughing, laughing, laughing because she's got the most amazing laugh. So, Catherine, where can people find these amazing one-minute laughters for you? So the one-minute the one laughter, I have two Facebook pages, no, uh, two Insta pages, um, uh, one's laughter two two or two, and the other one is Catherine Treble Zero Seven, and you can see the um laughter yoga videos on there, and then obviously you can find me on Facebook as well. Um, I do have a um uh, web page, but. I'm not, I haven't read it for anything on there for ages, so I can share there as well. Okay, fantastic. We'll put all of that information in the comment section below the, the video so people can find you and see your beautiful face uh, <laughs> laughing and, and cheering up the world as you've been doing for years and years. So, Bianca, do you have any other questions for Catherine? Yeah, just, I just one my last question is, and how, Catherine, how has your journey with MS impacted your perspective on life and the importance of self-care? I think, I think that it's been very um, up and down, I would say. The, the, the beginning of the journey was quite smooth, really. Um, and then... It's only recently it's been very rocky, eh? Because I had, I had these surgeries, and then on top of that is a woman over four, eh, over fifty. Um, I then went into a uh, uh, menopause, and that had a really big impact on me. So I'd gone through the menopause symptoms, very easily and then 
after the surgeries sort of plunged me in back into it. So the, the symptoms of MS really were impacted by the stress of the whole situation. So I'd gone through probably the first 10 years very smoothly, not really having that many symptoms, just going along, mind my own business. And then it was the other things that impacted. So with the surgeries I'd had, the stress I'd had over them because they, they were, uh, one ended up being very complicated from the impact from the first one. And then it plunged me into menopause, which was really tra traumatic. And then I've come, I'm starting to come out the other end, but it's been the last, I would say, four, four years from COVID, really. So from 2021 um, to now, it was, it was very stressful. And the other thing is, things impact you in your life as well. You know, you have other things going on, not just for yourself. Other things happen. Like for me, my father died right at the beginning of COVID. And then it just sort of snowballed from there, really. Like a lots of different things happened. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's been very complicated. It it wouldn't necessarily been if there hadn't been other things impacting my life, really. Do we? Do we ever? We don't get to separate all those things, do we? It's like... No, yeah. The, the problem is, generally what happens is there's an underlying thing. So, like, for example, the, the MS was there. And then... Then there's other things impacted. So it's like the brick wall is getting higher and higher and you can't stop up building. You're trying. It's like you're trying to, um, I'm trying to think of the word. You're trying to just like keep a lid on it really, but you, you can't in the end, it just explodes. you know, and, and then other things happen, you know, like death and like, you know, other illnesses, things like that. Travel. <laughs> to different countries. Moving, <laughs> right? Moving from country to country. Yeah. Right. So Bianca, do you have anything else? So, Catherine, I'd like to just uh, summarize a little bit and bullet point some key takeaways. You've okay. been a lovely guest, um, and I'm sure this is going to be very helpful for, for others who are less abled while they're traveling, no matter what the reasons that they're less abled. So a couple of things that I heard you say. First and most importantly, when you are getting ready to travel, be sure to contact, whether it's an airline, a train, you know, the trains or the buses, whatever mode of travel you're taking to contact the companies ahead of time so that they're expecting you and that if there are any 
special arrangements that can be made, that those can be made in advance. Also, one thing. When you, when you're less able, sometimes you can, you can walk stairs and it's a really, it's a really, um, people think that if you're less able, you can still climb stairs um, and buses have stairs. They do. Airlines have stairs. Yeah. Yes. So do you think that it's important? Can you ask them when you're, when you're phoning them up, can you ask them if they're, if you're going to be required so, to? So, when, so for example, if you're traveling on an airline, the best thing you can do when you're booking away, you're looking for a seat is to have a look where the bathroom is. Because generally, if you if you less able, you're going to take a longer amount of time to get to the bathroom. That's the main thing. And also, you need to know if they can get you on the bus, the train, the aircraft. How are they going to get you on there? Do you want assistance? Yeah, do you want assistance through the airport? Do you want assistance on the aircraft or the bus or the train? You need you need to think about it. It's really important that you think about your journey and what you need. So that would be another thing that you you really need to have a well thought out plan um, from and how able and a strategy well. from point A to point B and back again. And yeah. also, one of the things I think that is um, very important is to think about bathroom usage, right? You said, like, when you're traveling with a male and a female, um, sometimes the uh, bathrooms are, are gender specific. So, yeah. so if you have to get yourself in and out of a bathroom, it could take longer it could be a lot more difficult for you. And also I want to say to people who out there out there who are fully abled to have a little patience. We tend to uh, not have compassion or have any sort of empathy for those who are less abled. And they might take a little bit longer in the bathroom or take a little bit longer to get to the bathroom. Like when we're walking behind them, in airports or train stations or bus stations, et cetera, then to have a little patience and understanding and just take a breath and give those people the time and space that they need. So Bianca, would you like to take it from here? Yeah, do you want me to wrap up? Um, thank you, Catherine. It's been really, really informative for me. Um, personally, I had um, learned so much. So I'm going to wrap up a few key takeaways from our discussion today. Um, uh, first of all, I want to start from the beginning. One of the things is that everybody's symptoms are a little bit different. So the symptoms, yeah, yeah I, I can be different. Um, and so people to be vigilant about those things and to be aware that it's not the same for everyone. 
And also you can go long periods of time where you are um, very able-bodied and then there are times when you'd have flare-ups. I think the key takeaways for me that I've seen that you've discussed is um, having compassion for yourself is the first thing. When you're diagnosed with something like this, it's not your fault. It's not that it's, it's something that's happened to you and and to be compassionate and give yourself this time and space to sort of process uh, and take those, those things on board. I think the other one was to explore what it means for yourself to have self-care and find modalities that suit you. And you've obviously found laughter yoga and Reiki and lots of um, things that really resonate with you. And I think that's really important is to explore to remain curious, to um, to help find those things that bring your uh, bring a nice sense of well being to yourself that you can use as tools on your journey through this. This um, another huge takeaway, obviously, that we spoke discussed a lot today was being prepared for travel uh, and what it takes to do that. I think being being prepared ahead of time, considering how you're getting there, who you're getting there with. Uh, and communicating with the companies that you're traveling with so that it can be prepared for you um, is really, really important for people in the same situation as yourself. Um, and yeah, I think, did, is there anything you think I've missed out from, the, from what we've discussed today? No, I don't. I just think the people should just be a, a little bit aware. Today, they might be very able they might be very able today, so their travel is very simple. Tomorrow might be a different story totally. And that's not their fault. It's nothing to do with them. It's just light. It just happens. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank, thank you so much, Catherine. So I just want to take a moment. Thank you, Bianca. So to take a moment to appreciate you, Catherine, sharing your inspiring journey with us and all of the wonderful tips that you've shared with other people who might be experiencing less able travel. Your strength and resilience are truly remarkable. And we want to invite all of our viewers to share their own stories, suggest future topics or future guests if you know someone who has a wonderful, inspiring story to share, please send them our way. And we would like you to actively engage with our Surviving Womanhood community. Go to our website, our Instagram, Facebook page. You can find all of our episodes on the all your favorite podcast um, platforms. So please remember to mark your calendars and join us for our next Women's Wisdom Wednesday on, F on, I'm sorry, on October 25th, where we are going to have a very, very magical guest. So who is going to share her story with us? Catherine, your journey is a testament to strength and the amazing, amazing resilience of the human spirit and before we wrap up, again, I want to introduce ourselves. I'm Casey Conrad, well-being specialist and whole life coach, and my wonderful 
co-host who is also traveling, coming to us from Turkey. <laughs> and that's Bianca Carter. I'm a business and mindset coach here, sunning it up in Turkey this week. <laughs> I'm so jealous. So also, I want to one more time extend a heartfelt thank you to you, Catherine, for joining us today and sharing your incredible story. I know it's going to serve as an inspiration to so many. And if you've been touched by Catherine's story, we want you to, again, look down below in the comments because we are going to put all of her information there and you'll be able to contact Catherine directly, ask her any questions that you might have about traveling as a less able traveler, or if you want to know anything more about laughter yoga, Reiki, sound healing, any of the other things that she does. And again, remember to join us every Wednesday for Women's Wisdom Wednesdays. Thank you all for being part of this empowering community. Together, Let's face every challenge, rise above adversity, and support one another on our journey of surviving womanhood. See you next time. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you.